G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, when we reflect on 2017, it is significant as a date in history because it has so many associations with significant times historically for not only Australia but for the Christian church. One of the significant things that comes up as an anniversary a little later this year at the end of October is that it will be the 500th anniversary since the Protestant Reformation. And that'll be a time when, uh, for those who are a little bit familiar with church history, that Martin Luther posted his 95 theses, nailing them to the door of the castle church in Wittenberg in Germany. Well, let's talk today with Bill Muhlenberg about some of the things that came out of those early days in the Reformation which holds very much weight when it comes to the way we conduct ourselves as Christian believers. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Many thanks. Great to be back. Bill, one of your latest pieces has been about a five-volume series called The Five Solas. Now, what do you mean by solar, and what does it mean that there are these five books been released? Yep. Good question. Uh, that's just uh, going back from a long time ago, Latin phrase, sola for soul or alone. So when a Protestant talks about something like we're saved by faith alone, that's the sola. So the Reformation with Luther, Calvin, Beza, and others came to be known uh, after a while for highlighting over against the church of the time well, what became the five solas, the five alone things, so grace alone, Christ alone, scripture alone, faith alone, the glory of God alone. So these are, you know, they may not have been deliberately called that at the time, but now we refer to these as the five solas, which is not a bad way of kind of summarizing what the the real gist of the Reformation was about, why it differed from the prevailing theological system at the time. So yeah, there's, because it is this year, as you say, the 500th anniversary, a lot of stuff happening in the publishing world and elsewhere. There's all kinds of books that are coming out, conferences, you name it. So this series of five books by Zondervan, uh, is just out, and it's very good. So, yeah, I've just done a review of those as well from my website. And, Bill, this article, fairly hot on the heels of an earlier one where you talk about why I am a Protestant. Mm. So, uh, without putting all of our Catholic listeners <laughs> offside <laughs> and talking about this in an open way, yeah. which is, I think, the only way to talk about it, uh, these solas, five solas, they did set a a contrast to what was happening in the Catholic Church at the time. How do you yeah. describe those? Because sola fide, faith alone, and and then sola scriptura, scripture alone, sola Christus, through Christ alone, sola gratia, 
through grace alone and sola deo gloria, to the glory of God alone. That is, in some ways, what some people will say, well, wouldn't everybody easily agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yes, good questions. Uh, questions that have been debated now for 500 years at least. So whether we get full clarity in the next five minutes... Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best. It's up to you, right. Bill. <laughs> Oh, look, and as you said earlier, I did write a piece just a few days before this one on uh, why I am a Protestant. And as you say, let's do it in an ecumenical spirit. I did it, in fact, because every once in a while I'll get some of my Catholic friends saying, Bill, you're so good on so many things and really enjoy what you say. How come you haven't become a Catholic yet? (laughs) So I do indeed have quite a few Catholic friends. They certainly come to my website. I'm, uh, you know, when it comes to the basics of the faith, uh, you know, we're all on the same page. Uh, if you go back to the early uh, church creeds, for example, the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, uh, all those uh, contain basic statements of faith, which the three main uh, church bodies today would adhere to, Catholic, Eastern, Orthodox, and Protestant. That is, all three would affirm that Jesus is fully God, that God is a triune God, uh, matters like that. So in that sense, they already are uh, brothers. They're, uh, you know, in a common place with us. But especially when it came to matters like salvation and just how exactly we are saved, that's uh, especially where some of these solas started to arise. You know, is it faith plus work, some kind of combination? Or is it by grace through faith alone? So that was a big part of the controversy 500 years ago. And that's why, again, the solas, and of course they're often wrongly uh, understood when a Protestant or evangelical like you or I talk about we're saved by faith alone. We, of course, are not saying there's no role for works. Uh, Works, we would argue, is evidence of saving faith that... uh, initial act of justification is just the beginning, but then we go on with sanctification and keep working out that salvation and demonstrating uh, through our works our saving relationship with Christ. Interestingly, Bill, when you say there's a certain ecumenical spirit in which you can talk about these things, as I make an assessment, I tend to think that there is a very good ecumenical spirit in Australia where Catholics and Protestants are quite friendly. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the case in some other parts of the world, and it isn't the case through history, but it is something that is very valuable to hold on to. The way we might be able to talk about some of the issues of faith and still remain friendly with one another because even though we're talking about these uh, these five solas uh, and some of those still come into contrast with what uh, people in the Catholic Church might still believe, but isn't it a good thing that we can talk about them in a civil way and talk about our differences in faith and yet at the end of it still remain friends? Yes, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, there were, in fact, religious wars that sprang out of the time of the Reformation, often those could have been, you know, as much political, in fact, as religious, but, yeah, sadly, there can be too much uh, bombs throwing instead of sharing of words over a table and a coffee. So, yeah, I think there's a place we can honestly disagree on matters, but still have a civil discussion. As I make clear in both of the articles we've referred to now, my uh, little piece on why I am a Protestant and the other book review, 
I say, look, these are important differences. I'm not by any means minimizing the big differences we have on things like, you know, papal authority and the place and role of Mary, uh, you know, even the number of sacraments. There's quite a few uh, things that do divide. So I'm not for a moment saying they're not important or we can't, you know, each have our own views on these things. But as you say, at least working together where we can, I think there's a place for that as well. And that's what we call co-belligerency, where we kind of war together against a common enemy. So in the culture wars, um, look, I'm constantly working with people of other faiths, including uh, my Catholic friends. You know, they're pro-life, they're pro-family. They've long been fighting things like the homosexual agenda, abortion. So on those culture wars, I'm more than happy to work with them. Sure, we have theological differences, but you can, uh, you know, stand up for the unborn without necessarily having to raise every single theological difference you might have. So there's a place for that, but there's a place to work together on important issues as well. And interestingly, as a Protestant, if you can take that idea of, oh, Bill, you're so good on those issues, you ought to be a Catholic. If you can take that as a compliment, uh, that's actually that's actually pretty special. Because as Protestants, and I'm a Protestant too, and what I would appreciate is that most of the moral and ethical substance to what we have uh, and what you and I will talk about each week on a lot of the different ethical issues actually has real substance and real grounding because it comes oftentimes uh, from a lot of the wonderful research that's been done by the Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there is a sense, isn't there, in which, as you say, we're co-belligerents together. We're working on the same team. That is something that's precious and needs to be maintained. Yeah, I think, again, we can do that and we should do that without pretending that we have no theological differences. But as I say, sometimes we can set aside theology and discussions about it for an important cause. You know, if uh, somebody's going to try to open up an abortion clinic halfway between your Lutheran church and your Catholic church, I would hope these two churches can unite on preventing the abortion mill from opening even though they know they have some different views theologically. So I think that's part of what we're called to do. I realize, as you say, that when these people ask me this, why I'm not a Catholic, it's, it is kind of a compliment. They look up to me, they respect me, uh, and then I tell them why I'm not and probably won't become one. You know, there are differences. But, uh, you know, we can work together where we can, and I think that's important, especially as we're getting even bigger and worse common enemies. You think about Islam, you know, slaughtering all kinds of Christians overseas in the Middle East and so on. They don't care if it's your Orthodox or Catholic or Evangelical. They're killing all of them. So in that sense, you really do need to stand together where you can against a, a real enemy. And interestingly, Bill, with the 31st of October on its way, it'll be the 500th anniversary mm. of the Protestant Reformation. Yep. I wonder uh, how we ought to be approaching that, because for mm. some, they may well want to drag up some old arguments and uh, start beating each other with some <laughs> with some arguments. And I, I, I suspect that uh, while a good attention to, say, the five solas, yep. as you've been drawing attention to, uh, will be a, a very good 
opportunity to deepen faith. It's mm. also something we ought to, I guess, be a little bit on guard about because uh, we don't want to see relationships break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good point. And, and well, I hate to say that is inevitable. In fact, I'm acutely aware of these things every time I do write a piece affirming some of the Protestant distinctives. Uh, I know it's going to get some people who are not Protestants upset. Uh, in fact, you know, you can get criticism from all sides. When I wrote the piece on why I'm not a Catholic, I did try to find the common ground and say why there are many good areas with Catholics. So some of my really hardcore Protestant friends will probably think I'm too friendly with Catholics, whereas some of my hardcore Catholic friends might think I'm too, uh, you know, anti-Catholic. So you, know, in the, or you can't win with some people. There are some who are just so uh, hardcore on either side, you can't really keep them happy. So I usually have to say in these kind of articles that, look, this is what I happen to believe. This is why I believe it. I don't expect all of you to go along with this, but I don't also want to necessarily rehash uh, 500 years of debate on this. There's plenty of other websites you can go to if you do want to get into all this. And, you know, having taught theology over the years, I'm pretty familiar with the pros and cons. I've got a good selection of the Catholic catechisms and all the rest, and often Catholics tell me, gee, Bill, you know more about the Catholic faith than I do. So, you know, it's good to be up on what others believe. We don't want to take cheap shots, set up straw men, so if you're going to get in a debate about something, try to learn something about what the other side believes. But again, as you say, there's a place to work together and put aside some differences, at least on some occasions. Well, Bill, I'll point people to your website where they can read your uh, article that's entitled The Five Solas Series. And, uh, and of course, as you mentioned, a number of other articles that you've written of recent times and one more recently about why you are a Protestant. Uh, I'll point people to BillMuhlenberg.com or you can simply Google Culture Watch. Bill, always great getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thanks again. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.